joining us from Dominica, the Caribbean region, or the rest of the world. And welcome to another Power Up Tuesday right here on TDN Radio. Welcome to Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone for today, Tuesday, July 6th. 2021. And if you're keeping track, you know this is now the first week of July. So I hope that we are making consistent strides on those goals that we have set for ourselves for the year 2021. Of course, Sunday was July 4th. So happy 4th of July to you if you observe 4th of July, if you live here in the US. I hope that you enjoyed a wonderful weekend of spending some time with family, maybe enjoying a great barbecue meal as we did here at my house. So of course, you know, we have family visiting from out of town. So we had a great barbecue and a nice uh, pool party on Sunday. So we are grateful. We are grateful for the company of our families that we get to enjoy this year when we compare it to what happened. Um, last year. So again, I hope that you enjoyed 4th of July. And of course, we always keep in mind those who are homebound during this time of the year, those who are unable to go out. So we hope that someone was able to keep you company and spend some time with you, or you were simply able to open the window and let the beautiful day come in. So we have another packed program for you this evening. We are joined by Miss Naomi a Dominican-born architect who now lives in Barbados. And she is going to stop by to tell us all about her career as an architect. So her challenges, her successes, and especially her challenges as a woman in a male-dominated world. So we're looking forward to hearing from her. And please remember to stay tuned until the end of the interview so we can find out who else will be coming up on the program. And we can also talk about the importance of those goal setting tips that we talked about. So, you know, I always say that the, the challenging part of a goal is to me, it's not particularly setting the goal. For me, the challenging part is always just remaining consistent during the year. And I think that you would agree as well, that just being able to be consistent can be such a challenge when you have an important goal that you're working on. So as we talked about last week, I want to make sure that every episode of the program, we have some tips on how to remain consistent 
assistant with working on your goals. So we will present this at the end of the interview with Naomi Tavernier today. And if you've been paying attention to what's going on in Dominica, you know that this month, July uh, 2021, we're celebrating Kadas Month. So we want to say thank you to the likes of Mr. Leroy Waddix Charles for all the effort that he makes to promote and support Kadas music. So I thought we could start the program off this evening with this number from Colin XP a song entitled Joué Kadas, and for our non-speaking Creole folk, that simply mean play Kadas. So she as well is encouraging us to play the music that is uh, generic to Dominica, the music that we created, a genre of music that was created by Dominicans. So let's enjoy this number from Colin XP as we get the program started. And we just a reminder that our interviews are taped via Facebook Live so we can get as much interaction with the audience as possible. So enjoy this number from Colin XP and then stay tuned for the interview with uh, Naomi
so like she said, my name is Naomi Tavernier. I am from Dominica, the beautiful nature isle, uh, currently residing in Barbados. I've been here for the last 14 years, living and working as an architect. Um, like I said, I did all my education in Dominica and then I, um, I went to the States for university. I spent five and a half years in Ames, Iowa, uh, becoming uh, preparing to be an architect. Because uh, if you don't know, you can't call yourself an architect until you get registered. Um, so now after being here for 14 years, um, around nine years in, I formally can call myself an architect and I'm just pushing through, uh, doing the things that I do and learning as I go along. Yes, thank you so much for sharing. So by way of formal introduction, uh, Naomi, she left Dominica in 2001 at the age of 18 to attend Iowa State University uh, as an undergraduate student with the intentions of majoring in architecture. And it took her about five and a half years because she tailored her program to her her personal satisfaction. Uh, during her time, she was accepted into a design college in the spring of twenty of 2002. I keep wanting to say 2021. <laughs> in the spring of 2002 uh, on her first attempt. So she was one of 60 students selected out of 230 applicants. So congratulations on that, Naomi. Uh, she, I had the honor of joining the National Society of Collegiate Scholars in 2002 and experience the spending a semester abroad in Rome in 2005. Uh, she interned in Barbados with SRM Architects Limited in the summer of 20, 2006 prior to graduation in December of the same year. And she's been employed by SRM, SRM Architects in Barbados since 2007. So we are very proud of you, um, Naomi, and all that you have accomplished. And of course, we have to say, big up the convent high school. Yes, Nobody don't get mad. <laughs> <laughs> don't get mad. But like me, Naomi is a graduate of the convent high school. So we're even more proud of her because she hails from my alma mater, the convent high school. So Naomi, just tell us a little bit more about your academic journey, how you went from convent uh, and how you eventually got interested in the field of architecture. All right. So um, I've come up in a family full of um, engineers and contractors. My dad is an engineer uh, by education. Uh, he's mostly, most people know him at no home for um, working in the field of construction. And that is something that he did for many years with my, my mom's dad, my grandfather and some of my uncles. So it's really mixed on both sides uh, in terms of that, that science background. So I always used to say, you know, I wanted to do everything like my dad. I was the one, although I have a brother, I was the one who was there helping him fix things and doing all sorts of things around the house. So I always wanted to be, I said, I would have been an engineer. And my my hopes and my dreams were to come back and to, to work with my dad in construction. But we had gone and spent about a month in London uh, on summer vacation. Um, I had a cousin who was being christened, beautiful baby girl, Brianna. Um, and it was during that time that in walking through London, I actually saw the Lloyds of London building. And it was in that moment that I actually said to my mom, you know, I wanna design, I don't wanna 
do the calculations for everything else. I want to sort of be in charge of the whole design from, from start to finish. So subsequent to that, uh, ending up at Iowa State, my sister actually was there um, doing her degree. And she said, you know, you want to do architecture, they have a really good program, um, you can apply here. So I applied. Um, unlike most people, I applied to just one university. Mm. I got in. <laughs> and uh, maybe the, I think I think that's partly to do with the fact that my sister was already there because they have something called being a legacy, a legacy student. Um, but long and short, I went where my sister was. And the thing about design is that you actually, although you say you want to do architecture, you don't immediately get into architecture. So you have to um, have a first year of general education, and then you have to apply to get into that program. Um, so I always remember speaking with my advisor about being um, a little scared because, like I said, I was a science student. And in being in some of the gen eds with people who I knew were going forward to do architecture, they had all these very artistic backgrounds and could do things that I could only dream about um, doing in terms of art. But I remember my advisor telling me, you know, we look for different things. So I had done um, one art class and I put together my portfolio. There were some drawings in there that were very, um, they were very technical line drawings. And long and short, I applied, I got in and the rest really was history. It was, the program is really five years, but like I said, sort of wanting additional engineering background I um, interchanged professional practice for actually doing base courses for the structural engineering um, program. And so, and that was actually initially with an intent to do a master's in structural engineering. And um, so that took me, doing those courses to meet my requirements took me an extra semester. So I actually didn't graduate with all of my friends. I, I took an extra semester just to meet those criteria. Um, so it almost was like having a minor um, in engineering. And in that summer of 2006, I interned in Barbados, uh, knowing that Barbados has, um, while I said I wanted to be in the region, I knew that Barbados actually had firms. Uh, nothing against what is happening in Dominica, but Dominica doesn't have um, firms of that sort of size to facilitate the, the mentorship that I thought I needed. And so that's how I ended up um, in Barbados. And again, because of my work ethic, uh, when I was done, they said to me, you know, once you graduate, you have a place here if you want it. And so I came here um, and I've been working with SRM Architects ever since. Uh, as you did mention in my bio, I was also able to do a semester study abroad. So I lived in Italy for about four months. Um, doing study abroad and that in itself was quite an amazing experience. Um, just being in the middle of somewhere like that with such history, it's not like picking up a book. Um, and mm -hmm. I'd actually done my semester project on the Coliseum. So that in itself was pretty amazing. Wow, so pretty fascinating information, Naomi. Thank you so much for sharing. Now, before we talk about your actual work, actual work the work that you do, I want to just stay on the topic of studying um, to become an architect uh, for a minute. So kind of just tell us, what was the ratio of male to female in your class, would you say, while no, you were actually, studying? No, it actually was about 50-50. Good. Um, so that's good. actually really good because this profession mm -hmm. is definitely known for the men. <laughs> 
Um, but we see it happening in the schools and more so now in the profession that women are realizing that, you know, they can do a lot in this industry, mm -hmm. be it from a design standpoint or even in the physical construction field. Oh, that is wonderful to hear because, you know, one of the reasons I do this program is to inspire girls and women to think beyond the careers that are traditionally seen as careers for women. So I yeah. want us to think, you know, being an architect, I, I have someone I'm going to bring on who's a pilot. And I just want us to open our horizon to look at all the possibilities of what we can become um, in this world. So I'm very happy to hear that it was 50-50 um, men and women. And then something else people think a lot about in terms of architecture is that it involves a lot of math. Um, it allows you know, a lot of technical aspects. What was your experience with that? Does it involve a lot of math and calculations? It does, um, mm -hmm. but uh, what you also need to know that there, there are different calibers of schools. So there are schools that focus a lot more on the art background. There are schools that focus a lot more on the technical background. Um, mm -hmm. And then you have schools that are a little bit more balanced. In my opinion, I would say is one that sort of balances the artistic, artistic aspect of it and mm -hmm. the, um, the technical aspects, because at the end of the day, what we realize is School allows you to broaden your horizons and just go as far as you can go. But when you get into the working world, it is a not that you don't need school, but it is like doing a different type of school all over again. Right. The work experience is so different mm -hmm. and you're dealing with different constraints. So you then have to take that sort of wide world knowledge and then bring it back together to um, address those various constraints. So um, you need a little bit of both. Honestly, you can't do it without the math. And again, being from a science background, that part is actually important because then mm -hmm. you can understand um, and have a little bit of discourse with uh, the engineers in terms of what you're trying to achieve and how to achieve it. There is a, a misconception out there that um, architects just design what they want and then the engineers have to figure it out. So if you have that math background and that science background, then you're already thinking on the lines of what can work, what is structurally sound. Mm -hmm. um, and you can push the limits, but you always have to have that in the back of your mind because it makes your design stronger. and It makes the engineers like you a little bit better. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And and one of the things that you said while you were talking is that you are looking for a, com a company for a particular scale. That's why you went to Barbados. You couldn't find it in Dominica. So what was what was missing in the in your search in Dominica in terms of a company you, you might have wanted to intern with? Because I think a lot of times we are stuck in our little bubbles and we don't know what is going on in the rest of the world. So when we have someone like you come along to kind of enlighten us of what is out there versus what we're offering in Dominica, I think we should take advantage of that. So what would you say you were not finding in the firms in Dominica that inspired you to go to Barbados? Well, I think Dominica, Dominica does have architects, first of mm -hmm. all. Um, mm -hmm. But I think a lot of them are almost um, independent architects, if you want to call them that, not necessarily firms, but individual architects and some who 
do work with firms, and I, I stand corrected if I'm wrong, <laughs> but at the time, um, those some do work within engineering um, firms or they're affiliated with them. I do find in Dominica as well that there is a lot more focus on the importance of engineers and I think there's a certain misconception, not only in Dominica, in the region of really what architects do and the importance of their role. Um, while an engineer is possibly doing structurally sound buildings, not possibly, they are. We expect them mm -hmm. to be doing structurally sound buildings. Um, there are a lot of different things that architects do in terms of spatial organization and planning. It's not just all um, frills and making making something look pretty. You know, there's a lot mm -hmm. of planning and development and thought um, and putting all the components together. And even with that correlation and coordination of how the building is supposed to be um, functional and experienced by people um, mm -hmm. versus how the services, which you may not be seeing, how those are supposed to integrate um, with that experience, experience that the person is having. So for me, I find that there needs to be some development, again, not only in Dominica, but regionally in terms of understanding the importance of the role of the architect in terms mm -hmm. of designing and buildings, especially in terms of public buildings and in terms of space development. And that is that experience was a little bit more um, available in Barbados um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in terms of the firms that are here. And um, to be quite honest, their fight to be recognized as a, a valid profession. Um, yeah, and I think... Yeah, and I think what would help us as well is if you kind of just outline what an architect does. So just kind of outline us in terms of, okay, um, there's a building that needs to go up. What is your role as opposed to a structural engineer, as opposed to um, engineering? So I think that would help a lot in case anyone is inspired to pursue the field. All right. So um, the, the typical statement that we hear is, um, I need an architect, uh, do you draw plans? Mm. An architect is not just somebody who draws plans, that is part of what we do. And as you know, there are also draftsmen and even engineers, they draw plans. Um, mm -hmm. But an architect is really responsible for a full building um, from the inception of uh, concept, conceptualizing the project all the way up to managing the construction um, or overseeing the construction, doing the contract administration and handing over to a client. So the, the general stages that we go through is that we are dealing with the client in terms of understanding what it is they want to achieve. We're doing preliminary or concept design. Then we go through into um, schematic design, which is more of design development uh, where we deal with um, planning processes and restrictions and all of these different things. Um, and then we deal with doing the actual full construction drawings, which are mm -hmm. then priced by a contractor uh, for smaller projects. Uh, if we don't have a quantity surveyor, we also manage valuations and evaluate that. We do certificates of payment. And like I said, we're going through the contract administration process. So we are um, looking over the contractor, ensuring um, the quality uh, of what it is we've specified all the way into handing the project over to the client. So we're literally there with the client for the entire process. 
And if you notice, I pulled up one of the projects because that is the actual article that came yeah. to my attention. Now, is this a, this was a historic building that you um, created the plan to renovate? Is that this is a historic building in Barbados? It's the Queen's Park House, which was original the original residence of the Governor General um, in Barbados, and mm -hmm. um, it was previously renovated for Carifesta and um, what the renovation we did was for the second time that Carifesta was coming to coming to Barbados. So yes, mm -hmm. um, I was um, head or, or lead architect, if you want to call it on that, because uh, we look at uh, project architects and, and lead, lead architects. Um, and a lead architect may not necessarily be your design architect, but in this case, um, I was working as lead architect and design architect for this project on behalf of our firm. Mm -hmm. And again, it's nothing that you do by yourself. The, the best work comes about with coordination. So we had a full team on here. It was not just myself. Um, my directors were involved, Mr. Erskine Rose and Mr. Tony Selby, um, in terms of pulling this all together. And then we had the various consultants, the engineers, the surveyors, um, and then we had a contractor in there really making the project become a reality. Um, in speaking to my Auntie Rosita, she said, you know, you did this awesome restoration. And I said to her, no, it's a renovation because a lot of people also don't recognize um, the difference. So if you have a building, a historic building, and you're looking at restoring it um, to a certain period, but trying to maintain everything um, from functionality to materials and all of those different things, then that's really a restoration. You're restoring it to what it was. This mm -hmm. actually is a renovation. It has aspects of restoration, as in we have this section of the old building that is retained and restored as best possible. Um, but we also have an extension. And the truth of the matter is that this building has gone through a change of use where there's a gallery on the ground floor and um, there's a theater upstairs. So that actually makes mm -hmm. it a renovation because it's mm -hmm. not true to the exact origins of the building. It's been expanded on. And obviously, uh, while we do use new materials, when we do things like this, you want to be clear to identify what is um, a restoration of the existing versus the things that are new because you don't want to mix the two um, you want them to merge seamlessly and to not be in conflict, but you definitely um, want them to be identifiable as in what was from the past and what is from the current time period. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you for clarifying that for us and for all the wonderful information that you're providing. And of course, if you're just tuning in, we are speaking to Miss Naomi Tabney, Dominican-born, um, living in Barbados. She's an architect and she's telling us all about the differences between architecture and engineering and what goes into the process. Now, Naomi, let's just talk about some challenges that you faced along the way. Now, the first place I want to start is if there are any challenges you face as as a woman in this particular field that you can tell us about? You know, it's it's one of those odd things because I think in the Caribbean in particular, I'm not saying they don't exist, but I think in the Caribbean in particular, we're actually very good about um, elevating and building up our women. Like you good. have um, Dr. Carissa Etienne, who's yes. the director of PAHO. I mean, mm -hmm. we had Damien your Charles here now in Barbados, we have the Honorable Mia Moore Motley as Prime Minister. So um, 
I don't know that I really dwell on being a woman in architecture now mm -hmm. as much as I dwell on being a good architect because I'm surrounded by people who always um, elevate me based on my performance and what I do. I understand that as a woman, um, I'm almost being a role model where um, people see you achieving things as a woman and they say, okay, well, I can do it too. And understanding that it is a predominantly um, male field. So that in itself is an achievement, but I let my work speak for me and I am by no means silent. <laughs> Uh, sometimes my boss, he has to tell me that I need to tone it down because I'm being a little bit too rough. <laughs> so, Good for you. Yeah, so um, I am pretty direct. I know I get that from my mom. Um, and you just have to find that balance of once you know what you're doing and you're sure of what you're doing, you, mm -hmm. can, you can get your point across and right. people will respect you. Mm -hmm. So uh, it is in this field, I think sometimes somebody may look at me and be like, okay, you've been in Barbados for 14 years and you're within a company. So you have some professions where you can elevate yourself through ranks um, more frequently than this one. Mm -hmm. So with this one, it's literally I've gone from being a student to being an intern to being a registered architect. The next next step from that would probably be to be a director, whether it was in this firm or if I decided to have my own firm. So it's not to say that you achieve less just mm -hmm. because your title doesn't necessarily grow. Um, it's more about the projects and the responsibilities that you have. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously we do want to grow and there are different ways to do that, but um, I just look at the next project because every project is important and it's really just adding to the project sell the story of my experience, not necessarily, right. because my title is never gonna change from architect. I will always mm -hmm. be architect. And that is really the, the top title that I can gain in mm -hmm. my field. Uh, as I'd mentioned before, I had a thought that I wanted to do a master's in structural engineering. And when I started working, my dad actually was very unhappy that I didn't go ahead and do that. Mm -hmm. um, but I realized that Engineering is such a specific field in itself mm -hmm. and architecture is a very specific field in itself. And I have to know a little bit about everything and the things that I don't know in depth in terms of the structure and whatnot, I rely on other professionals for that. So mm -hmm. there's no need for me to have that in depth the degree. of both mm -hmm. um, because I knew that I wasn't going to be using that structural knowledge um, mm -hmm. as much. And as they say, if you don't use it, you lose it. So yeah. sometimes we have to make those decisions. I know sometimes without thinking about it, people look and they say, okay, you have a bachelor, somebody who has a master's um, has more than you. And, and that's not necessarily true. There are some professions where um, that master's actually, to be quite honest, it's in certain instances, it's comparable to my degree because mm -hmm. having not mm -hmm. a bachelors of arts in architecture or bachelors of science, uh, actually having a bachelors of architecture is comparable to someone who did a first degree and so that they wouldn't have to go through a five-year program, they would do two years master's to become an architect. So a uh, bachelors of architecture as a first professional five-year degree 
um, is equivalent to someone who did a different um, bachelor's and did a two-year master's program. And some people have to realize that uh, because like I said, it's a professional degree and the B or the M doesn't make much difference uh, unless it is that you want to go towards doing a doctorate, you want to be a teacher and you right. want to do a PhD. Mm -hmm. um, this is a profession you have to be hands-on. And then the most important thing is that it's fulfilling to you. This is where you <laughs> want is, to yeah. be. This is your yes. passion. So, yeah. you know, there's no need to go pursue another degree if you're completely content with what you're doing and you've been doing this for 14 years. So I just wanted yeah. to ask you about other projects you've done and just being able to drive around Barbados and see your work on display for the entire world to see. What does that feel like? Well, um, other projects I've done. So I was involved in some different things. And, you know, um, I almost became a niche architect, if you want to call it that. So uh, I've assisted with some things. There were some smaller projects, um, like the Starcom renovations that I was involved in. And then there was a very long stretch of time from 2009 to 2013, um, where I was really involved in doing the KFC renovations. And that being a franchise, they have a very specific style um, and very specific guidelines, which you don't really, you only apply to that type of project. So we've done a lot of renovations with KFC, some completed, some not, and they do change their design packages all the time. So um, some of those which were, they sort of went through a, full transformation because some were only internal, uh, but we did have some that went through a full transformation and that is interesting to see. Um, I also recently completed a house, um, which turned out turned out pretty nice. Uh, and I also had the opportunity to work on a project in Grenada. That project was designed by um, Mr. Erskine Rose, my director, but I was actually able to deal with the drawings and then I did the full construction management for about a year and a half, going back and forth um, to Grenada for the new, their NIS building, um, their national insurance building. So so that in itself, that actually was a project that I presented to, to get my architectural registration because I had worked in depth with it so much, even though um, I didn't really do the complete design. Mm -hmm. But that's why I say, you know, it's all about the different aspects that you get because you may not always be responsible for the design, but working on a project, it becomes your own as much as if you designed it yourself. And then when you get that opportunity to just do it from start to finish, that is even so much more fulfilling. But I still have a lot more to learn and a lot more to do. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely. in the Thank Caribbean, it's as the projects come. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And then, you know, you know, I know one of the challenges you had mentioned to me is just coming back to the Caribbean. Uh, a lot of folks had challenged you to maybe find opportunities to stay in the U.S. So kind of just tell us about that. Yeah, I, I didn't even do OPT. Like I literally graduated and oh, I, you did like, I packed up. And I came home because I always knew, I said, I don't want to stay in America. America serves mm -hmm. its purpose, gave me an education. Um, it gives me vacation and shopping, <laughs> but I'm an island girl through and through. So I always wanted to be in the region. Uh, like I said, either home or as close to home as possible. Um, mm -hmm. There's a, a sense of relief that I can take a, a, a an hour flight to get to Dominica. Absolutely. As to planning. I mean, my parents mm -hmm. are getting older and... Um, wow it's good to to have them a little bit more accessible um mm -hmm. can you tell i'm just 
<laughs> all about my family. Right? I can um, tell. I can tell. <laughs> and of course, we want to thank everyone who's on the Facebook Live with us today. And we will be sure to take your comments in just a moment. But one of the things you mentioned, um, Naomi, that kind of stuck out um, to me as well is there are misconceptions about architecture. Are there any other misconceptions that come to mind for you? Well, like I said, it's literally just, you know, some people, they wonder, why do you need an architect? Because um, right. you just draw plans. Um, mm -hmm. like, and they don't understand that you're actually saving them a lot of stress by going forward in time to all the different things that can happen with mm -hmm. your project, um, all the different things that affect it, and then managing that process for you so that you don't have any major surprises. Now, sometimes things will pop up that you can't really control, but if you think about everything that is um, possible and you plan for it and you detail it and all these different things, then you sort of reduce those that amount of um, unknowns. The worst thing is a, a renovation or a restoration because there are things that you find only when you knock down the walls. Mm -hmm. um, so those are some that are the most difficult. But like I said, the, the biggest misconception is really that people don't understand the value that they get from an architect. And sometimes that saves them money um, in terms of maybe using someone who's just giving them basic information. And then when something pops up that they don't know about, it increases the cost of the project um, to a point where they cannot manage. So. So there is that factor. Um, a lot of people say, you know, oh, well, you're an architect, so you're making big money. I'm like, honestly, it's a lot more stress than money. <laughs> um, I tell people all the time, don't have the misconception because if I didn't love what I did, Mm -hmm. It would not be worth the money that you make for exactly. it. There's a exactly. lot involved in this. And mm -hmm. um, people really don't realize the amount mm -hmm. that you take on in terms of managing a project for them and designing mm -hmm. it. Um, and it saves them. It really does save them headache to mm -hmm. have it done by a professional who knows everything that's involved and can really have that foresight from the beginning to the end. Because that's another mm -hmm. thing, which is that a lot of people they get fooled because they don't know how to read plans. They don't know how to understand drawings and they can't see the finished product. So you might accept something and then you don't realize it's not what you want until it's too late. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. To be quite honest, now with advancements mm -hmm. with 3D and all of those things, it makes it a little bit easier that you can help them to visualize, but um, there's still things that they're just not going to understand. So you really mm -hmm. want to have that person who, um, that person who has your back and right. is just responsible mm -hmm. for everything and they're there from start to finish. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I can tell that you're very passionate about what you do. So it, it comes through very clearly. So let's go over to the Facebook um, comments just to see what everyone is saying. So of course your mom is listening and watching. Jennifer says, hey girl, watching you, Jennifer Lafont. Uh, yep. Roslyn is watching from New York. Uh, Will Elmin says, congrats, Naomi. Uh, Jamila, that's my friend and colleague. I am yes, so proud of me. you, <laughs> Naomi. So please, again, share the live as you're watching. Ulrich Bruni says, experience is the best teacher. 
And then Sonia Peter has a question for you. You know, before we came on, we were talking about the volcano and the impact of the volcano, yeah. even on Barbados, where yeah. you are and how Barbados was covered with the ash from the volcano. So Sonia Peter wants to know, how can St. Vincent strategize their housing plan uh, for effective rebound from the impact of the volcano on population displacement? uh wow. nice, to see, nice to see you neil well she calls you yes. Neil, so she yes, knows you. She's a, <laughs> she does and she didn't give me an easy one did she you know <laughs> she's, a, she's a she's a she's a doctor slash professor so you know she's all about um that very that nice quality. thank um, you for being here <laughs> yeah so mm -hmm. say hi to peter um uh, which is like another cousin but um mm -hmm. yeah it's one of those difficult things i think because volcanic eruptions are not they're not standard they're not everyday so it's really difficult to say mm -hmm. how would you build to withstand a volcano a mm -hmm. volcano i believe is kind of one of those disasters that you really just need to be out of the way of nature right um so i don't know that you really can so we can design to mitigate things like um obviously types of windows and doors and making sure that spaces can be airtight and they can be safe. Um, but experiencing what we experienced in Barbados, when the ash comes, you really just want a way to make it stay outside. And at the end of the day, we're people and we need ventilation. So it's really a double-edged sword um, mm -hmm, staying inside. Mm -hmm. So uh, unfortunately, I don't even know how to answer that question mm -hmm. 100% because mm -hmm. there's some things you really cannot, cannot um, mitigate about yeah. around mm -hmm. and with the exception of not being in that space. We mm -hmm. can design things um, we can design buildings to function against earthquakes, which would be uh, a secondary uh, disaster that might happen, come along with volcanoes. So we're talking mm -hmm. about designing um, seismic design in terms of making sure that our buildings can move with the shaking without cracking and all of those different things. Um, but yes, it's about having structures that you can effectively close down. Mm -hmm. and then structures that can stand stand the rumbling if you want mm -hmm. to call it that but in terms of the actual the disaster um the ash the pyroclastic flow you really just need to be out of the way of that absolutely um, and once you clean then life goes on i know um, and it's just unfortunate because this volcano keeps erupting every 100 years so people keep yeah. forgetting about it and by the time you re-establish your life the generation after you reestablishes their life then there comes the volcano again so it, it's truly unfortunate what saint vincent is experienced yeah. right now and johnson thomas just joined in he says just join in great topic thank you johnson thank you for stopping by now as we get ready to wind uh wind up um naomi what would you say to anyone who's interested but intimidated to study architecture like they, they know they have the passion for the buildings the design the functionality of buildings but they're just sort of intimidated they're on the fence and wondering if they should pursue this as a career what would you say to them i would say don't be intimidated it's um like anything else one foot in front of the other uh like i said when i started honestly I was scared. I literally said to myself, you know, if I apply for this and I don't get in, it means I'm supposed to be an engineer. Right. And um, everything that I've done since then, when I've come to a crossroads, I've literally asked that question is, 
if this happens, this is where I'm supposed to be. If that mm -hmm. happens, I'm not supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. And um, my answer has kept on pushing me in this direction. I think if you want to try it, just go for it and put your mm -hmm. all. Like I said, they look for different criteria. Uh, no two people think the same, design the same, are the same. Just believe in yourself. But if you come to that place where you ask yourself the question and it points you in a different area, there's there's nothing wrong with changing your mind about what Absolutely. you want to be or what you want to do. So you really just, it's just one foot in front of the other and decisions get made and life happens. Yes, and you know, it's so important hear from uh, folks like you because you're such an inspiration especially to our young girls who may not have even thought about this as a career option and Jennifer Astefan just joined in and she said that's my girl so we have yes. a lot of uh, warm greetings coming in for you this evening so again thank you for being with us thank you for sharing your experiences and your knowledge and just being an inspiration and your mom says proud of you Naomi Tavernier continue working on your dreams kels okay so now now that we're about to wrap up <laughs> Naomi, now all the comments are coming in so yes kels, but the thing about my asking. auntie jenny my auntie jenny has that's the first house that i did in dominica so oh, good for, oh, so you've worked in projects yes. in dominica i should have asked you that question yeah. <laughs> you've worked in projects in dominica well that's that's the first one and there will okay. be more on the way yeah how how long ago was this uh, Auntie Jenny's house was done in what 20, 2015. Okay. Yeah. So if anyone in Dominica is looking <laughs> for an architect, because I was thinking of how much of a loss this is for us in Dominica that you're in Barbados, but apparently you can work from Barbados. I mean, technology. So no, well, it, the company, like I said, like, um, even like Mike, well, I do some stuff. Um, I've done some that at home. And I'm open to doing things at home, but as a company, we do work regionally. This company okay. has projects throughout the region. So that's a great part about being in the Caribbean is that you're not limited to where you are. Right. So we do work regionally right. and um, we have projects, like I said, in Grenada, projects mm -hmm. in Guyana, a lot of things that were done before I came here. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, lots of lots of places. St. Lucia, this, this company... Like I said, it's a firm and they mm -hmm. they have spread their wings and they're definitely willing to continue to do that. So anywhere that we have jurisdiction, we will work. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah. thank you for letting us know because it didn't even cross my mind to ask that question. So so yes. thank you for pointing that out. So Kels John asked, how difficult is it to get the contractors and the customer on the same page as per the final product? Very good question. Right. So um, it's not about getting the, the, the client and the contractor on the same page. It's about... Mm -hmm me designing what the client wants and me ensuring that the contractor does what i specify mm. and again that is something that i found is a little bit lacking in dominica where the contractors they have a lot of freedom and, mm. and it happens here too when you have um, situations with draftsmen where they don't necessarily follow the construction process so mm -hmm. it's basically the client and the contractor and there's no control the architect mm. creates that control to ensure that the contractor does what is specified right. and that the client gets what they expect. And right. there are no uh, sort of 
random costs that just come up just because um, mm -hmm. somebody decided to do something. So we really do control the process. And like I said, that is in the interest of the, client, the client's pocket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, so really, it's a decision between you and the customer, you and the clients, yeah. And then pretty much just telling the contractor what to do. So you're the boss of the contractor. I am, yeah. I, <laughs> well, Good for not you. His, not his boss. I just, I just keep him in check and right. make sure, yeah, Absolutely. make make sure he's not trying to slide anything by. You know, yeah. That's why Absolutely. I said, you know, we do the the valuations and the claims we vet all the claims and then we're the ones who have that final signature on the certificate of payment so mm -hmm. i can make deductions as well mm -hmm. <laughs> not just additions <laughs> and yeah. uh calista asked do you have any recommendations for building in dominica which is not the norm given the likelihood of hurricanes um building in dominica so there are a lot of things that happen in Dominica just based off of um, standard practice. And working in Barbados, um, we have a lot of things that we do in terms of the code, the building code that is here. Now, the OSS actually does have a building code mm -hmm. um, that's supposed mm -hmm. to be used in the smaller islands. And I know that um, the architects and the engineers, they do follow those. But uh, it's the same thing in Barbados, where sometimes if you just have a draftsman, they may not necessarily be thinking about those various aspects of building to a code and building to standard. And again, the, the town planning agencies in any, any country, um, they do regulate to a certain, they oversee to a certain extent. And the good thing about Dominica is that um, you pretty much have to submit construction drawings to the planning department. So uh, mm -hmm. you have those engineers there to assist and ensure that you're designing to a certain standard. Um, again, if you have an architect, then they can ensure that what is being built is in accordance with those specifications. So mm -hmm. in terms of Dominica, there are different aspects that are uh, types of design that are better to build um, in terms of uh, hurricane resistance. And I think a lot of those have been coming out since Hurricane Maria, that mm -hmm. those sort of specifications and points on how to build and roof pitches and types of construction and all of these things, that information is now out there. It's just a matter of implementing it. So you want your roof to have sufficient pitch. Um, you want your walls to be sufficiently reinforced. Um, and, and all of these different things, you know, you want to have, be able to have your cross ventilation um, so that you don't have effectively your windows exploding. Right. Um, all, all these different things and um, weatherproofing uh, and certain types of windows and making sure things can shut and uh, mm -hmm. lots of different things. But some things are some things are old practice, like especially when we talk about um, the roof pitches. So mm -hmm. a lot of people do very shallow roof pitches because they figure they're saving money. But after mm -hmm. Hurricane Maria, people realized it was these older houses with a 45 degree roof pitch. Um, mm -hmm. Those were the houses that stood where their roof stayed. And that's because mm -hmm. the wind is able to go over the ideal pitches, uh, 40 degrees, actually. Um, mm -hmm in terms of hurricanes. Uh, so that is also to tell people that you don't necessarily have to have a flat concrete roof for your house to withstand a hurricane. I was about um, to ask you that. I was about to so, ask you about the concrete roof that everybody wants now. Yeah, so there, mm -hmm. are, there are different ways that again, 
if you have an architect, you can you can search the pros and cons of those different things, um, and they can explain to you the reasons why one thing might be more beneficial than something else. But uh, there are regulations and there are standards that are out there with the different agencies. It's a matter of ensuring that those things get implemented on site. And that's really why you need that architect, that project manager that is supervising the construction process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us um, this evening. Thank you, everyone who joined us on the live as we continue to share the inspiring stories of our people. We continue to promote and celebrate who we are as uh, Caribbean people. So again, don't forget to follow Push Past 10. Don't forget to like and share this video so everyone can just experience a little bit of light at the end of the day. Just be an uplifting moment after the end of a long week, the end of a long day. We just come over here and just relax and enjoy a wonderful conversation with an inspiring guest. So again, my name is Simone Matthew and it was wonderful having you on the live. Remember to preserve your peace of mind. Remember to not have anyone stress you out or anything stress you out and always stay calm despite the difficult situations that we are experiencing in this world. So again, thank you for being here. Uh, Thank you, uh, Naomi, for joining us again. And we wish you much success and we hope that you will get to do a lot more projects in Dominica because we can certainly use your expertise, especially as it relates to all the historic buildings in Dominica. I mean, you know, I know we're about to wrap up, but it looks like the library is about to be torn down. Yes, I I have been following that, um, following that a bit. And um, it's a little sad, but the the truth of it is that uh, it's kind of, it's twofold. While Mm -hmm. you do want to preserve a lot of buildings, and I'm definitely for preserving. I love that library. I remember walking there. I used to live in Goodwill. Yeah, and we used to walk down and every weekend and and Mm -hmm. get get books. But um, there's a cost attached to it. And I think people need to not forget that aspect. True restoration actually Mm -hmm. costs a lot. And you have to ask yourself sometimes, where is, are those funds coming from to do it properly? Because if you're not going to do it properly, then it's not really worth it. Um, right. So I, I don't think anyone should jump to wanting mm-hmm. to demolish and destroy historic buildings. Uh, mm-hmm. But sometimes your hands get tied. And yeah. I understand that as well. Mm-hmm. It's a double-edged sword because you want to yeah. restore it and renovate it, but then it's it's beyond the expense that you're willing to to spend on it. So again, thank you, um, Naomi. Yeah. Thank you for being here, and we look forward to being in touch with you. Thank you for having me. All right. All right. Good evening, everyone. So as you can see, we had quite a bit of information to cover with Naomi Tavernier via our Facebook Live interaction. So I hope you found the information useful and I hope that you gained some knowledge of the importance of the field of uh, being an architect, as well as some of the challenges and successes she has faced along the way. So as we talked about at the beginning of the program, I also want to 
play for you uh, some information on the importance of remaining consistent with our goals, because that is what we're here for, right? That is the, the main premise of this program, working on goals, remaining consistent until the end. And by the way, I would love to hear from you if you're working on a particular goal and you've been at it since the beginning of the year, or even recently you've started working on a goal that is important to you, because I do enjoy hearing from my listeners in terms of something they've started because of the program. And I've heard from a number of, of you out there in terms of some important project that you have picked back up because of our time together. So again, if you would like to reach out to me and let me know what you're working on, you can always shoot me an email at pushpast10 at gmail.com. So that is P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T, the number 10 at gmail.com. If you would just like to share some of what that you're working on, and maybe I'll share it on the program. You never know. So go ahead and send me an email if you're working on something that you would like to share with us. So here's this clip. It's from YouTube. And the name of the clip is Consistency, the Key to Success. So if you'd like to see the video of this particular uh, bit of information, you can jump on YouTube and simply type in Consistency, the Key to Success. So take a listen and then stay tuned as we wind down the program. Everybody's got a dream. Everybody's got a goal. What's the plan? Your plan has got to be clear, concise, compelling, consistent, and committed. You've got to have a plan. Don't go to bed without a plan of how you're going to handle the next day. You have to work at it every day. You have to plan. Productivity is never accident. I want you to understand that it's not going to happen by luck. Success is cause and effect, not magic luck or magic fairy dust. Success is easy. It's making a plan and executing the plan every day. Make a plan, work the plan. Make a plan, work the plan. And whenever the plan doesn't work, you change the plan. That's called failure. It's called learning a lesson. It's called adjusting. If you do the work and you do it for a long enough time, you will be successful, period. Whatever it is you're bold enough to dream, if you are intentional and deliberate about it, every single day, if you do a little, you're gonna wake up one day and your dreams are gonna be a reality. The shortcut is a lie. The hack doesn't get you there. And if you wanna take the easy road, it won't take you to where you wanna be. To reach goals and overcome obstacles and be the best version of you possible will not happen by itself. It will not happen cutting corners, taking shortcuts, or looking for the easy way. There is no easy way. There is only hard work, late nights, early mornings, practice, rehearsal, repetition, study, sweat, blood, toil, frustration, and discipline. Discipline, the root of all good qualities, the driver of daily execution. Discipline defeats the infinite excuses that say, not today, not now, I need a rest, I'll do it tomorrow. There is only one way, the way of discipline. There is power in consistency. There is power in doing something over and over and over and over again. There is power in practice. And your problem is, you are on beast mode Monday, Wednesday, Friday. 10 a.m. to 12, beast mode, one to five. You keep starting and stopping and starting and stopping. I challenge you. 
I challenge you to make up the gap. I challenge you to go from average. I challenge you to go from good. I challenge you to go from great. And I challenge you to be phenomenal. I challenge you to live in beast mode because beast mode makes more money than average does, period. When you are a true hunter, you don't go by time. You go by the gazelle. You don't hunt from eight to three, why? Because the gazelle may not be open from eight to three. You hunt until you get a gazelle and you don't stop until you get one. And then you get another, and then you get another, and you get another. I don't think anything will. <laughs> so I hope you found this information enlightening and you will be able to use it as we try to remain consistent with working on those important goals that we have set for ourselves. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being here for another episode of our Power Up Tuesday right here on TDN Radio with Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. And of course, next week, we're coming right back and we're doing it again with another inspiring guest. This time, we will be joined by Miss Shanika Hamilton and she is an HR specialist with over 10 years of experience in the business and she's going to walk us through how the work environment is changing. What do you need to know to advance your career? What do you need to know to deal with office politics if you work in an office and just how the face of work is changing in general. So you don't want to miss Miss Shamika Hamilton next week as she stops by to tell us all about how the world of work is changing. So again, thank you for being here. Our featured video this week will be Miss Naomi Tavernier's interview. If you're interested in seeing what uh, Naomi looks like, just getting a glimpse of our Facebook Live interview, I will be sure to post that video for you. So again, our featured video on pushpast10.com, P-U-S-H, P-A-S-T, the number 10.com will be Naomi Tavernier's interview. And while you're there, don't forget to check out the past podcast of this program by clicking on past podcast for any of the episodes you may have missed along the way. So again, thank you for being here. It is always wonderful to be in your company as we uh, journey together and we take on those important goals that we have set for ourselves. So don't forget your life story is your strength. Remember to tap into your potential each and every day. Remember to stay strong, stay positive, and stay engaged until we meet again next week. Same time, same place, 5.30 Eastern time right here on TDN Radio. I wish you a wonderful week.